Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. You look nervous. I'm in a glass case of emotion! Slowly let go of me, I think you're brutal my neck me. That is why the warriors have come! I'll be back to have vengeance! Throw me a freaking bone here! The martini, shaken not stirred. Hello, kiddies! You may fire when ready. In the red corner, standing six foot two inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, is the Eclectic Collective! Welcome back, Eclectic family. We are the Eclectic Collective, and may the fourth be with you. I'm Matt. I'm Micah. I'm Jim. Today we have a special guest of whom we all love, and in Jabba's Palace of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> Ula, played by Femi Taylor. Thank you so much. Thank you so for much joining for joining us. You're welcome. We know welcome. you're a very busy person, and just <laughs> taking a few minutes... Uh, just to ask a couple questions will just be the highlight of our day. I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> so how does it feel to be a part of the Star Wars universe? You know what? It feels just wonderful. I didn't realize there was such a universe when I did the film in 82, 83. Um, for me, it was just like going in, auditioning, getting the job, stepping out. And I didn't realize there was a whole universe of it all in the convention scene. So... It's, it's just a blessing that I'm involved and it's an honor to be part of it. Did you think that being in that movie, uh, the role that you had, that you would start a cult following of Ula's? No idea. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, even when I was brought back in 1995, I think? Yes, for the special edition. I think that's when it catapulted my, my character and I realized, oh my goodness, there's, you have such a following with the yeah. Twi'leks and the fans telling me as well. So, um, I know, it's crazy. It is. It's, it's just as crazy. big as the Leia's. The, you, when yeah. you go to comic conventions, you see Ula's, you see the Leia's, you see Jawa's. Exactly, and more and more times I'm going to conventions, I see more and more Ula's, and I just think, actually, power to us all. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like working with George Lucas? Um, when I did it originally, I, George was sort of, you know what, I... I thought, oh, he was one of the cleaners or something. Honestly, we think that too. I didn't know who he was, Um, so I had the late Richard Markman director me, which was great. Yes. Um, And then when I went back and did the special edition, I had George, and that was cool. Yeah, very quiet man, but knew what he wanted. Knew what he wanted. And he's great, really great. It was an honor. Was there? I read that you were in Cats in '98. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about that role that you played in that? Yeah, I actually I did Cats, the original cast in 1981. Oh, oh wow! I did not know that. Mic drop. Yeah. And you know, we all thought it was a load of rubbish, and we were asked to put shares into it, and we went, no, 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 we're going to have our way. So I think. 
you know, doing Cats it was again. It was a wonderful show to be involved, and it's so universal. And I did it in Australia as well. And then they wanted me to do the film, and I said, just put me in the background, and I'm in the background. But it, it's a great, it's a great show. It's a great show to do. Um, did you think that you know jumping jumping towards Star Wars today? Mm-hmm. Are are you a fan of what Disney is doing with it um, compared oh. to what it was when you were a part of it? Um, I, I don't know if I'd say I'm a fan. I feel that when I did it, the, even the original three mm-hmm. are the best because it has that authenticity. Oh, we all oh, agree. We we agree. agree. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't yeah. you worry. We agree. Yeah, yeah, there, so is, I, there is the trilogy. I, yeah, the trilogy. And I feel, I mean, I think they're getting there now, the Disney, but it, it sort of doesn't have the flavor of, of what it had originally. Yes. So. Uh, I read that your brother, Benedict yeah. Taylor, was yeah. in Phantom of the Menace. Yeah, yeah, he was. How does it feel to have started a Star Wars legacy within <laughs> no, your well, family? That was, but, that, but that was, and I started. <laughs> it was, um, it was by mistake. It was actually it wasn't by mistake. He was, a, he's a very well known actor in in, in England, um, and the guy Nick Gillard who did the. The, the stunts yes he was Ben's stunt double oh, and he just wow. said oh do you want to come on Star Wars I'm just doing the stunt you can just get a day's work on Star he said yeah why not oh so that's wow. how he got it wow. that's how he got it but wow. and he and you know sometimes he feels oh gosh you know, I've done so much acting but this is just such a blink part but I said yeah. don't worry about it but that's why he got it because of Nick and they're best friends as well oh, oh my god it's Nick awesome. Gillard yeah yeah he's a great awesome. lightsaber stunt yeah, coordinator yeah 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 so he just invited to bend down so just get in the cockpit and do your thing well <laughs> one last question before you have to yeah. go if we started a petition in the star wars area for for you to come back yeah absolutely and please be start in the star it. wars please start it and apparently so i have changed i said so why not and i'm still alive yes yeah so that'd so be you great. will be okay so we so you heard her we're going to start a petition really to bring that. her back bring be amazing Ula back no matter what bring her back at all cost yes well you heard it here uh we're going to start a petition to bring ula back uh with femi taylor (laughs) femi thank you so much for being on here today and taking a few minutes to answer questions thank you so much thank you thank you there are so many characters like ula that have made small screen presences but have developed cult followings. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be more my arena and uh, Jim and Micah are going to just live in it for a minute. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I think I have an apartment you know, right above yours. <laughs> so what are some of your... Do y'all have any favorite non-speaking or short screen presence characters that you so the, that you can the think only of? thing that I've that I could bring I mean I've got I've got some notes on a bunch of like big actors who who really had who had small secondary supporting roles that kind of stole the show type thing the only thing that actually could that came to mind uh, that fit this mold was uh, Terrence McGovern um, who was the guy who was in uh, Star Wars Episode Four. He was the guy that said, "These aren't the droids you're, we're you're looking, looking for." for. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was the the stormtrooper that stopped Obi Wan and Ooh, yeah. uh, Luke. 
Um, that's the only one I could really because that's I mean, a good one. That's though. a huge. I mean, just think how epic that line is, and how quoted and that how line is lived. throughout. You just you know pop culture and everything. Um, I mean, just that just that one line alone yeah. has taken its own life in pop culture. So it has t shirts. I think. I yeah. even think there's a ringtone. I have. I have. You have the ringtone. So yeah, that. I mean, uh, that was really. I mean, I've got some stuff I'm going to bring up that's more along my expertise, which is like, you know, supporting roles, small roles, film and television yeah. that should have been that were intended on being tiny roles, but blew the heck up, blew up. So that's kind of where I'm going to go. But that's yeah. Terrence McGovern was the only one I could really fit this model question. So when you when you heard this question, that was like the first thing you that was the of. first one I thought of uh, and the only one I thought the of first really one that popped into my mind was Jeremy Bullock, Boba Fett. Yeah, Boba Fett. I mean, because he was he started in the uh, <clears throat> holiday special. Yeah. That, you know, Star Wars fans don't really want to call mm-hmm. part of Star Wars universe. But <laughs> and also Jeremy Bullock. People it, do hate on that. So yeah, bad. they do. Uh, but he started in there. But I mean, he had one line mm-hmm. in Empire Strikes Back. And Jeremy Bullock actually played another character in Empire Strikes Back. He's the one who's um, escorting Leia when mm-hmm. they're trying to trap Luke. And he like uses her as a human shield. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. actually Jeremy Bullock as Boba Fett. Yeah. But okay. <clears throat> I always thought it was interesting that people took Boba Fett, who had like two lines and fires a gun, yeah, and just yeah. became this big iconic and gets character. eaten easily. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he That's did get I mean, eaten. And he's easily. like one of the biggest cosplays. Wasn't there like have. a rumor they were thinking about bringing him back? Like somehow he survived. He did in the comic well, books. He survived. He survived because he's yeah. wearing Mandalorian armor. Oh, yes. okay. It's, it's, it's like vibranium. It's like indestructible. And with his rockets, he yeah. shoots out of the mouth of the. Didn't didn't sunlight. like the character Darth Maul? Didn't he, didn't his persona take on a life of its own? And they people create like societies oh, yeah. and cultures around just that character. But Darth. that's that's the thing about those like fandoms, like. A lot of people, like, we'll talk more about this in a minute, but a lot of people in certain fandoms will not grasp on, and I will say this is Josh Binkley to a T, won't grasp on to the popular characters. Mm -hmm. They'll take that oddball character on the left Mm -hmm. side and then just worship them because nobody else will. Yeah. Yeah, And then, you know, they'll make a big thing out of it and then they'll dress up them as a con. Mm -hmm. And then it's like a domino effect. They're like, Oh yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And then that's like how like Ula and stuff. I I mean, I've gone to many, many cons, especially like New York, we've gone to celebration and you don't think how much Ula, just a small little character who gets eaten by a rancor and I loved, and this, that's one of the things in the special edition I was saying before, I loved that they brought her back to just extend that one scene yeah, and make mm-hmm, it better. Mm-hmm. But so many people love to cosplay that one because it's easy. Yeah. And it's sexy, so the girls like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just kind of an iconic character. So hats off. It's So I was, I went to, uh, I, can't, I think it was... Um, I think it was the episode two. I went to Opry Mills to see that the premiere of that one. And in the line, I saw two or three really hot women dressed up (laughs) in the, in Darth Maul attire where they, where they had painted their entire body red. That's not Darth Maul. That's, uh, that's our Singh. Yeah. Our Singh. She's kind of like, 
the female well, Darth Does she Maul. have the horns? Because yeah, they yeah, had horns yeah. and everything. Well, well it, this it's she a, has like the, it's kind of like Ula, but red. Kind of. And so they didn't do that. They actually had the horns that Darth Maul had. Oh, okay. yeah, cosplaying yeah. girl Darth Maul. It was like girl Darth Maul, but they did it in such a. And I I hate to use this term on a PG thirteen show, but it the outfits almost look like an SM S and M thing. Yeah, where it was literally black leather bikini and straps. Nice. Oh, I mean, did and, you take pictures? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Matt. I didn't look, take pictures for you. Look, in, you had one job. In Return of the Jedi, the thing Ula was wearing was skimpy. So I mean, oh, they're all. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody when they when most women cosplay Leia, it, they do sexy. they do the slave Leia, slave yeah. Leia. So yeah, um, one other basically kind of non-speaking character I would love to idolize who I think is even better than Boba Fett in my opinion is uh, Warwick Davis yeah, um, yeah. he is the king yeah. of Star Wars not just Star Wars but I mean Wicket he plays a character in every Star he's played a character in every Star Wars movie except the first two I would you? I would say he's an. He is probably the ambassador. I would say of so. Star Wars, which is why I think they they choose to have him come to Star Wars Celebration almost every time, every yeah. year. Which you is, know, ever since uh, that behind the scenes where it shows mm-hmm. him as a kid and meeting the cast yeah. and all that, becoming wicked. To, to him, he is my number one secondary character, like just in the background character. Okay, I have several. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you, man. Uh, Boba Fett was one. Uh, but R five D four. Yeah, think of how huge shit that that is the droid that was on Coruscant that they were picked. Uh, uh, not pa- they Coruscant, picked first. Tatooine that they picked first. They picked first, yes. but the red, up. Yeah, the red and white one. Yeah, yeah. this one has a bad motivator. <laughs> but think of this. This is why. This is why my brain went to that. Is if you think of the prequels to now and everything R two D two has been through and being destroyed and rebuilt and all that stuff. Think of what that character might have been through, leading yeah. up all the way up to the point where his motivator blew blew up, mm-hmm. and it just that was like one of the first I thought of. Uh, the The second was Weber, the Dan Aykroyd character of Indiana Jones. He yeah. literally has a thirty second part, just getting Indiana Jones. He's on, on my list too. On a, on a plane. Oh, the one that gets on plane. So I had one uh, from Indiana Jones that I thought of was Terry Richards. He was the actor. He played the Cairo swordsman that did all the fancy sword work, and then Indiana Jones <laughs> shot him. Yeah. But, but that That's that perfect that, that one. one scene was so iconic yeah. from that movie; it was hilarious. That's a perfect one. I dig that. And the the speaking of Indiana Jones, the guy at the end of the movie who gets who's the big burly guy yeah. who he fights on the plane. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in all three of the movies. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. No, I didn't know that. No, he he's the of course in. <clears throat> the first one, he's the guy who gets killed by the plane. The second one, he's the one that fights Indy on the uh, the conveyor belt and gets sucked into the... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then on the, Temple of Doom. Yeah. yeah. And the third one, I can't remember what he is in the third one, but he is... He is in the third. That is one. awesome. Is he the guy that. that he fight, fights at the plane, or is that in one? That's, that's, in, that's one. in one. That's yeah. in one. I can't so remember who he is in the third. third He's one. very small think. one in the third one. I can't remember what he is. But yeah. that's awesome. I that's when he fought that, in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did all three? Did you say you had? Do y'all had more? I have several. Oh, I, I could go all day when it comes to small characters. Go so it's it. our world. I didn't know. It I is. thought you didn't have that many oh, man, characters. I could go all day long. Uh, I've got some. Characters. I've got some. You know, interesting points to make on 
uh, supporting roles um, that turned into be much bigger things. Like um, Matt, you don't really keep up with Game of Thrones do, much, do, do you? Do, 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 I did up until the break. Do you want? Are you up to speed yeah, on it, Micah? Of course. So what? I mean, I don't care if you. Were so in inter- spoilers. An interesting. Spoilers. I'm not about to spoil anything. Oh, um, well, we just just one. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna we're gonna trust me. I'll talk to Micah. We'll have a Game of Thrones episode. Oh but, yes, we will. Um, we, I want to wait till this season's ended tomorrow. But um, uh, one of the things I found really interesting was the way they formatted the show. Um, people dialed in to so many different people as the hero or um, the protagonist or antagonist, however you want to look at it. Um, people dialed into so many different characters um, as being that role. But in the end, it really became Peter Dinklage's character that's right. been the actual par- character that's been leading the story. And he has been in more Game of, Th- Game of Thrones footage than any of the other yeah. characters. And he's been the one leading the story. And it just it kind of <gasps> crept up on me. And I think a lot of people, yeah, because he was just his character was such. And I mean, I no, love his character. I love his character. His character is awesome, and it, it, I think it's come to light now that that was the intent. Was that it, it was kind of a? It's it's not an aha spoiler type thing. It's right. just one of those things that it was the intent for him to carry the story, but they wrote it in such a way that you never saw that coming. Yeah, that you at the end you were like, huh. He was the one leading this thing, and it was all from his perspective. Yeah, yeah. From what I know, like he's like a genius. You know, like he can he can he's a great strategist. You. He, yeah, he's strategist, and he's he's a good con, BSer. Yeah, good yeah. con artist, almost, but not. Maybe that's why I relate to him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't. You guys didn't watch Lost, right? No, no. no. Okay. I tried. No. You tried. But I somebody no, I tried. The last episode for one of the me. greatest I, shows ever on oh TV. Oh Lord, I tried, man. I tried the first. There's a character on that. Through, through, getting, could not get through episode two. Oh, I love that show. There's I, a character on that called Ben Linus. He's like one of the biggest characters now. He was originally written to be in one episode, mm-hmm. and the actor um, Michael, uh, I can't remember his name, uh, but anyways, the actor did such a great job. Mm-hmm. They they were like you're 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 in the show from now on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a secondary character impressing and just taking over. Yeah. Yeah. You should watch Lost. Now someone ruined the last episode for me, and I just never had the. Oh, I I want. begged people to be, to spoil it for me because I was like, I'm not gonna watch this show, so just spoil it for me. Uh. So what about Oompa Loompas? <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to bring that <laughs> Oompa Loompas. All they do it, is come I on and sing, it, and they're really not it. in the movie that much. I but, mean, they'll come out but, for like a total of But they have minutes. a big impact on, yeah. on yeah. the movie. I'll, I'll give you the story. Uh, I, uh, one of my favorite ones is Merlin from Top Gun. Uh, oh, yeah. I, uh, what's the guy who played Merlin? Uh, He's a big actor now, but I, I know you. I can't think of then, uh, but like he was just in the beginning and the end of the movie, and he was just the uh, co-pilot in each, and all he does is yell at the pilot <laughs> at both beginning and the end. One of the um, one of the act- actors that I felt I felt Tim like Robbins. Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins. Yeah, one of the actors that I felt like kind of stole the show. Y'all have seen Arrested Development? Um, I have not. You have not seen mm-hmm. it. Super super funny show, and it was meant to be it, Jason Bateman's show, but I felt like David Cross 
I've playing, heard to, that, playing that, that. Tobias mm-hmm. really kind of stole the show because his <laughs> character is so funny. <laughs> and he's just meant to be like, you know, offhand side comedy to push the show along. But I think his character is the funniest of them all on that show. Yeah, I love Arrest. I'm so behind on it, but I love that show. I haven't seen, I love I haven't seen the second it's one of my Netflix season shows. yet. I, I, I haven't. Uh, I it's all on Jason. Netflix. I love Jason Bateman, man. Oh, like, he's, he's like one of my favorite. He's hilarious. Ozark is so good. I, that's the one I got saved. Oh, I'm going to so watch. Good. It's like Breaking Bad good. Do y'all have any more characters? I got a couple more. I'll go ahead with yours. I got yeah. a I got a couple of things I wanted to mention. Uh, the Troubadour off of uh, Gilmore Girls. Yes, I watch Gilmore Girls. Straight up, <laughs> you're, you're, you're the only one. Do you watch Gilmore? No, yeah, no. no. <laughs> Sorry, no, 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 bud. No, no. You're, a, you're alone on that shit. Yes, there's you a are. character called the Troubadour, and all he does is there's moments in the show where you'll see him. He's standing somewhere, but playing his guitar, and he'll just randomly play a song. But every time you see him, you got to yell the Troubadour. I did, amazing. I did have a question that I wanted to throw at you when I saw this. In Hemium, with that's how I met your mother. Yeah. People who don't know the acronym. Yes. Yes. Would you call the horn, the blue horn, a secondary character? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's only in like five episodes throughout the entire But it's series. like the foundation of uh, Robin and Ted's yeah. whole relationship. So <laughs> I, that, I don't know why when we were when I was looking at this preparing for it, that popped in my mind. Yeah. I was like it's kind of a non speaking <laughs> You stole car- the blue French one. <laughs> Love that. It's great. Um so one in doing my research, um we can all agree, I guess I think we can all agree that um we're all on the train that Philip Seymour Hoffman can just do no wrong. Uh-huh. He's, oh, he's that man was that man was just an amazing actor. But um, and he's had a lot of lead roles that he's done a fantastic job at. But I started to look at some of the supporting actor roles that he had. Um, it's uh, funny you mentioned that Gus Gus Avracados and Charlie Wilson's War, uh, Plutarch and Hunger and Games. Um, he played the protagonist against Tom Cruise in MI3. Yeah, um, Owen Davian. Um, and he played. Uh, the the boom mic cameraman Scotty J and Boogie Nights, yes. um, and just and here's the thing in Boogie Nights he really didn't have a whole lot of dialogue or a whole lot of anything. Mm-mm. It was all facial expressions and his reaction to what was going on around him. And you were the camera was on him getting his reactions to things, just looking at his his the look on his face, his body reactions, and Philip Seymour Hoffman played him uh, brilliantly. Um, and then there was uh, Sandy Lyle from Along Came Polly. And we quote him almost on oh, an everyday basis. I can't quote the, the movie, I, that movie on here. Yeah, it's, it's PG-13. <laughs> but the, we quote him on a daily basis. And I just to me, he stole that movie yeah. because his character was just so funny. But uh, It was, oh my God. It's like my favorite film. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite of his characters is Twister. I can't yes. remember. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's yes. probably one of my favorites. It's coming, man. It's coming. Oh, I miss him so much. Yes. Man. He's such a great actor. So I want good. that bus he was driving in Twister. Yeah. I've always wanted one of those. Oh my God, that's a good one. Uh, I, I have another one. Uh, the High Ald- High Aldwin was the uh, uh, head wizard in Willow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's only on screen 
less than three minutes, but he has he is the most impactful character to Willow and wanting to becoming become a wizard and inspiring him to leave <clears throat> and go on this adventure and then come back and be just as good as him. Right. So you know someone that's on the screen list and that guy I can't remember the guy's name, but he is. And I, I don't know. Did we ever come up with a politically correct way of saying the little people dwarves? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, you know, me. I don't want to offend anybody, but whatever. You know, but he is like one of the little people. Little, let's just say little people. Let's say dwarves. I don't know. Uh, but just you know, he just, just don't use. Yeah, don't use the M word. Don't use the M word. I do I know that. One, well, I did the last, but you know, they say it on everything else. So I know, you know whatever. I know. You know, until they tell me what to call them, <laughs> I'm just gonna say whatever. Uh, but you know oh, the guy who played the so high alt one. I can't remember his uh, his real name, but you know he is, it was one of like the you know leading actors of Little People. Like he was in everything you could think of. He was in that Over the Rainbow movie uh, with Chevy Chase. You know he was, he was in Time Bandits. He was in Time yeah. Bandits. He was in Willow. I remember, yeah, I remember Willow. Uh, he was in a lot of yeah. major uh, movies. Um, so, but you know his character on Willow was very impactful. One of the, me. another one that I noted was, um, Michael Jeter who played, um, Edward, uh, D- uh, Delacroix. Delacroix. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Delacroix. Bojangles. Mr. Bojangles. Yeah. And, uh, that's a, that's a good one. I, I would say the mouse. Yeah. yeah the mouse has to, the mouse would probably be the better one to fit this because question. He, he lives just he as was long a, as he Tom was, Hanks. He was a huge part of that story. Yeah. Tiny yeah. part, not into it a lot. But a huge part of it carried it. He carried through the arc well, of the, the whole story. Yeah. The story that's you know, that's a Stephen King movie or yeah, Stephen story King book. Yeah. Well, short story, short story. Yeah, was based off the mouse short was, story. But it's so funny movie. that so many of the, his movie adaptations came from his short stories, yeah. not his novels. It is, it is interesting. I mean, uh, Shawshank Redemption, Redemption came from yeah. Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption, which is another short story of his. Fantastic movie! I cannot yeah. wait for season two of Castle Rock. Castle Rock. Oh my God, you're Such not the only story. one. Oh, oh so I love that. Stuff. I love that. That should be an episode. Just us talking yes. about season yeah. one of Castle oh, Rock. So oh, good. I'd love to. Uh, we have. We need to have a Stephen King episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I hear when that it too comes out. I guess. We yeah. Could. Yeah. Uh, I hear that uh, they're gonna incorporate Salem's Lot into Castle mm-hmm. Rock. Yes. And misery. And, and misery. misery. Yeah. Speaking of uh, little characters in one of our favorite, well, I know Matt and I's, and I don't know mm-hmm. about you, Jim, but mm-hmm. Dobby from Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I'm, I'm re, re-listening to the books. I don't really read. I do book on tape. I call it reading. That's whatever. reading. I've read them once, and then now I go back and listen <clears throat> um, to them on audio. But he, he reading, the rereading these books, Dobby is an essential huge part of the Harry Potter universe in my opinion. Like yeah. he, he's oh, a God. necessary character. Yeah, but another but I could you could also say that forgotten in the movies and but in the books Peeves yeah. was a huge part Peeves. of the story. That is true, man. Yeah. You know, that like such a huge character that and that they omitted in, in the movies. That, they, yeah. that is so weird too cuz I mean, when I first saw the movies I never read the books. I'm not going right. to lie. No. And then, you know, when I went back and listened read the books uh and i was like that's how I, I when read. peeves came up i had to talk to somebody who was you know yeah. that's watched movies and play peeves he's a big character why'd they omit him that's insane they just didn't want to deal with the ghosts yeah you know but they had Hollywood. Headless, they had uh nearly, uh, headless nearly headless yeah but he was a, a head ghost of a house peeves was just a but he, he was like a poltergeist right like yeah he was, yeah 
that. Yeah. But see, to me, he could have brought a lot of comic relief to the yeah. movie, like because of all the the trouble he makes, and you could have made it. You could you could have had Jack Black play. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome. You know, I know they only cast like <laughs> English. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know they only cast like English but if you had someone like Jack Black, like a big guy, scruffy, yeah. peeves, and then had that was like comedic, like you could have totally, been great. You could totally pass that character. It's yeah, you insane. could. But I, yeah, Dobby was my like man, small character, but great impact yeah. on the story. Big, God, all I heard huge was sobbing impact. when yeah. he died. Oh. Spoilers. Yeah, spoiler. Oh, if you, I mean, had, if you haven't seen it now, yeah, the statute of limitations is gone for Harry I mean, Potter, we're sorry. past the statute on Endgame at this point. They've yeah. done over two and a half billion dollars. Hey, I, we got permission from the Russo brothers. Yes, so that's yeah, all I need. That's all we need. Were you going to continue on with the character? Yeah, I had. Uh, I wanted to throw out a few things that, and this is going to date me so bad from um, my television years, but. Andy um, Griffith show? No. So, MASH. Ooh, uh, Maxwell Klinger. Yeah. Uh, nice. He was meant to be a small character, and only they only had plans for him to be in the first season, uh, and he was only supposed to be a very, very tiny role. But he gained such popularity that they wrote him into more of the episodes for season one, and then turned around in season two, carrying forward, making him a major character just because of the popularity of his character. And his character was groundbreaking for TV. Absolutely. And putting mm-hmm. on dresses and stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was very groundbreaking. And, um, and so the Fonz, um, from happy days, hey. uh, he was written in just to be a neighborhood tough guy who scared the kids that were hanging around Arnold's. Yeah, he was right. literally written to be a small part, gained such popularity, blew up, he became a, a, a huge focal point um, of that of that series of Happy Days, and then on Happy Days again, you also had uh, the birth. You know, Robin Williams' breakthrough, Mork and Mindy. Mork, yes. So they had that one episode where they it was literally meant to be one episode bringing in Mork from Mork on Happy Days one, to battle Richie. And uh, and then he gets and then he gets show. his own show because he hit that one episode blew Robin Williams up so big Huge. he got his own series yeah. from it. That's insane, man! Like, like I didn't even think of it in that context. Like when you look at uh, shows that have spurred off characters, kind of yeah. like in Everybody Loves Raymond, uh, Kevin James. Uh, character from King of Queens started mm-hmm. on Everybody Loves Raymond as being the one who delivered his stuff. Right. And then he got his own show because he was such a hilarious character yeah. Yeah. on Everybody Loves Raymond. So, like, that's that's a good point. Well, you know, characters like that, one of our favorite shows, West Wing. Yeah. The, I need to the, go back and watch that. I've never watched oh it. I've my never God, watched West Wing. That's got to be one of the greatest shows. I have ever. to watch it every every time there's a. It's on my list, but it's, I haven't put it up in my priority um, yet. But the president. Martin Sheen's character, yeah, he was only supposed to be in the pilot, and you yeah. were never to see him again. But he really blew them Cause, away. Cause, I mean, as a somebody who's never watched it, I thought he was the main. It, well, just just like just like 
from outside looking in, I came into Game of Thrones in season three, and I came into Game of Thrones thinking that this was going to be a Sean Bean right. show. <laughs> Everyone, and, and I was and way wrong crushed. on that. You should know Sean Bean's that. in it that he's dancing. <laughs> but no, yeah, when they shot the pilot, the original pitch was just the regular crew and the president. I mean, he was going to come in like you know, out of twenty episodes, he may have done like five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, but he blew them away in that first episode. Um, he's the what's greatest. Martin pre- Sheen? Well, he's the greatest president that we've never had. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. So, how important do you think these characters are? Like these little small, uh, insig- in, like I wouldn't say insignificant, but like they little small characters that you know really don't impact the movie as a storyline. But how important can, do you think so they are to movies? A lot of times, it's hard to it's hard to see. Um, you know, the forest for the trees sometimes when like an actor comes in and reads this and it's like, okay, you're reading three sentences and you're, you know, in this three hour movie and you're going to be in all of it for like, you know, less than a, you know, 10th of a percent of the movie. And it's hard to understand that that character could have any kind of impact. Um, but, um, they can, I mean, even the, the smallest of characters can, can create number one, they can create iconic moments yeah. in, in throughout, you know, throughout cinematic history and they could just be in it for a few seconds yeah, and create an iconic moment that people just like fan star Wars fandom. We go back and we pick these little things up and gravitate towards, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, you just, totally. cre- you, they can easily be a part of that. You never know. It's lightning in a bottle. We talk about a lot on the, a lot about that on this show. Um, it just, it's that lightning in the bottle moment and that once that gets out into the open and the public consumes it and then they, that's what they gravitate towards. Yeah. I mean, it just, it can, you can create an iconic moment at any time. Well, this is why droids are one of the most popular things in yeah. Star Wars is because who is the newest droid? Like even in, or have you watched Resistance? No, uh, that's well, the one thing I, I'm doing a full Star Wars rewatch. Yeah, like I do when the newer movies come out. Well, you know the I'm droid and its bucket. It that's the main droid for, and plus you have Poe, mm-hmm. uh, Poe Dameron's in this show. But you know they have Bucket and Resistance, and then you have BB-8 and Force Awakens and right. R2 and the originals. And, <clears throat> So it's always Which, like, who's okay. the new droid? What was the? I cannot, and I'm blanking. I'm, I'm I'm losing my nerd credentials right now. But Rogue One, what was the droid? The tall K two S O K two S O. Yes, he's See, even. I couldn't that. even remember his name, but he has become my favorite droid. I think. Yes, exactly. But even mm-hmm. when Rogue, when they released that, they were like, "Who's the new droid?" Yeah, like because right. we want to go buy that new droid. Because yes, that's who who's that? Like because uh, when Last Jedi came out, it was the black. It was a was it BB-9? Yeah. yeah. That was the flathead version of BB-8. BB-8. Yeah. Uh, like he blew version. up before the movie even came yeah. out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just because he was black, I think. It was, it was just, it was a really cool looking droid with yeah. that solid black finish. And in the movie, he wasn't in it, but like five, five minutes. minutes. Like, yeah. He was the tattletale of Last <laughs> Jedi. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the other thing on this is um, these tiny little characters and moments can create huge breakout stars. I mean, those little tiny moments, literally, if, if if what you do is something that the public gravitate towards, it could that person, that actor could blow up and their yeah. career could be made because of it. So. Yeah. yeah. Or, it, or it could give a chance of a big popular star who loves 
these movies to just be in it. Like uh, Daniel Craig wanted to be a stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah, so that's right. So did Kevin Smith. Right. Kevin Smith wanted to be a stormtrooper too. So did yeah, they, did they allow him to do it yeah. though? Okay. And you know, and Daniel Craig, that's another little small character, but he was the one that came in, and you know, you did Ray Ray the mind, mind trick, control. Well, that's when line. she figured it out. And like he, you know, left the gun. And I'll drop my weapon. Yeah. Did they? Uh, did they hide him on set? Did they? Because I don't know the. I know the story of him doing this, but did they? Did they release whether or not? Did they? Did he walk on the set? Let it be known, or did they hide him so. a little bit? I don't bit? think they had a, on that set. They don't really have to hide anything. It's a, I just it's thought that would be so cool is if they could have like hid that from the other character, the other actors. Or I know something. they didn't tell anybody. Um, Press wise, that he was doing it, it was right. an Easter egg. Okay, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know if they hit him from the cast. I mean, that would just be cool if I'm an actor and then I'm doing my role and everything. And I think this is just Stormtrooper number twelve hundred and eight. <laughs> uh, uh, that you know, you know, you you know, in scene, and then he just pulls off his helmet. I'm Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bond, James Bond. <laughs> well, I do know his number was TK six six or uh, no TK 007. Was it really? That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. His stormtrooper number was TK, or you know the FN zero zero seven. Yeah, FN zero zero seven. For the yeah, because TK was the, the old old, and old one. He was yeah. in the uh, the new one. FN. Uh, it was FN zero zero seven. FN two one eight seven was Finn. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so are there any small characters you want erased from in a movie? I'm gonna go ahead and throw one out there that I think y'all are gonna hate. Go ahead, throw it. Go ahead. The shrunken head off uh, Harry Potter. Uh, take it away, Ern. yeah! Take it away, Ern. That is the most ridiculous. <laughs> you know what? Little I would, character. I, you know, to be quite honest with you, I'd be fine if they took the whole bus scene out. Really? Oh, I, love that I was scene. all right with the bus scene, but that little shrunken head was take so annoying, away, so weird. But yeah, the head had to go. The head needed. All to right, go. cool. I, I really no. thought I was going to get some no, flashback on that one. No, sorry, sorry to burst your bubble there, but well, um, you know, I just that I when thought I, it was a little comic relief in it, but it, if you took it out, it wouldn't. It would ruin, not it ruin didn't the movie. Fit like I was. It like, did. It doesn't seem like it fit for those few minutes. I didn't think I was watching a Harry Potter movie. Right, I was watching something I don't know goofy. Well, that's yet. when they changed Harry Potter from what it was to more darker. Yeah, darker. Yeah, that's when the serious black story started. Coming my in. favorite book. Do y'all have any? I have two more, but do y'all have any I, I didn't have any. I couldn't yeah, think of any. Couldn't think of any? Mm-hmm. So I had, uh, this is the first one I thought of, was Tanya Asher in Rockstar, the man-woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I love that movie. I hate that character. It, it, it has no purpose. She has no purpose at all, mm-hmm. except to be... This sexual deviant I, man well, woman who just I think causes she, all this. Personally, I think she adds yeah. to. I think it adds to the level of depravity and um, sensory o- sensory overload. Yeah. Because it, when if you listen to if you read autobiographies of these rock stars who lived that lifestyle back mm-hmm. in the eight seventies eighties and early nineties. Life on the road was a different world, and it just it everything bled into each other. You really right. forgot what day it was, what hour it was. You had somebody that told you when to go eat, when to go talk, when to go play, when to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Somebody was there to tell you when to go party and to do everything in your life. You literally had to th- not think. 
yeah. when you were that popular. And um, and you have the world at your feet. Mm-hmm. You get anything you want. And once you've had everything you thought you wanted, then it takes more to uh, make you happy. Yeah. And it just, it get it, it literally outlines. It literally outlines the the lifestyle that these guys led um i i gravitated more towards the rush philosophy because they when you when you read about their stories on the road they were the boring nerds who literally went and played a show and then went back to their room to talk about how great the show was and then get get into bed by 10 o'clock you know and (laughs) and then wake up early in the morning and do their exercise eat a good breakfast uh, read the newspaper. That is so boring. And, <laughs> but but that but that's What's on the telly. If I, I had know. if I had the choice, that's kind of the life I would have led on the road. You know, talking to my family, reading the news, keeping up with everything, writing new songs. I would not have been. I me. guess I'd be the guy dating yeah. the she woman. <laughs> but I mean, to the to my point though, it just it does that character helps to outline the level of sensory overload, depravity, and the level that people on, that live that lifestyle have to reach to find joy. Yeah. Right. So what do, you, what do y'all think, what are your thoughts on the cult followings that follow these characters? Do you think they can get a really, really ridiculous, or do you think it's something that really provides something special towards society? Um, to be honest with you, like I said, we've been to tons and tons of cons and seeing the little characters be I actually love seeing the little characters cosplayed more than I can see 40 billion Leia's all day long Mm -hmm. I mean you you go to a a Comic Con and you'll see they'll have a meetup Mm -hmm. and they'll be 300 400 the legion of Leia's well that's why they have the 501st legion of stormtroopers there's always a there's always a billion of them but when you go to a con and you see like a little kid dressed up like Wicket Mm -hmm. or you know a girl dressed up like Wicked, or right, you know, it's like that's cool because it's different. It's not. I could see that, and I think the cult, the cult classics, or the cult following. I think it's great. I think go for it. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't personally get it. Um, I mean, I, I personally can like really gravitate towards enjoying those smaller characters, right? Um, and to the point where I will have the action figure and I'll put it on my bookshelf and I will appreciate it. I'll have more, you know, uh, fond appreciation of them when I watch the movies. But I don't see myself. You know, dressing up like them, joining a society based around them. Yeah. You know, uh, starting a you know a group. You mm-hmm. know, of people starting a podcast that. Well, I mean, to talk about it. Well, I mean, I'll start a podcast to talk <laughs> about it, but uh, I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't get. I I don't. I'm not saying it's bad or right. good or in, I'm indifferent on that part. I'm, I I mean, I think it's cool. Yeah. That people yeah. do that. Um, but I mean, for myself personally, I just can't wrap my head around something. I mean, I'm that with would you. Ma- I'm with you because I mean, Matt knows. When I was younger, I collected this, the action figures. I mean, I had a room. My room was postered with action figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then now I collect comic books. And when I was at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, I won the Funko Pop mm-hmm. lottery and got in line to get a few Funko Pops for. Um, um, a friend of mine I know and these people around me are like oh my god do you have the, the ghost rider from San Diego Comic Con that's on fire that's worth $5,000 and I'm like yeah I'm just 
here to get a Funko Pop. I, right. I mean, I don't get it. So I can, I like, but I understand it, right? I'm, and I'm not the type that would go spend five thousand dollars to acquire that piece, right? I will, however. I mean, I'm, I, I like you know certain characters, like Marvel characters. So I got some Marvel Funkos that I put on my shelf that I paid like five bucks for or something. Right. You know, you know. So I mean, I do have appreciation for some of those things. I don't have enough appreciation to go spend thousands of dollars to acquire rare pieces based around them. Uh, not with the money yeah. I make. Yeah. <laughs> if I was rich, then there was some yeah. pretty ridiculous oh, pieces. Uh, there'd I'd be buy. A, there's amazing Spider-Man 15 that'd be um, right on my wall. Uh, but see, I think I think if you look at it in in a few different areas, like okay, so if you look at some cult following, some people use the cult to uh, uh, tolerate life. Like mm-hmm. I watched a thing called Ghost Heads on Netflix. Did y'all catch this? It's a mm-hmm. documentary about Ghostbuster fans. And there was a girl who was dealing with anxiety and depression and all this and found Ghostbusters like 30 years after it. Mm-hmm. Like, right. And like now she's like one of the biggest, you know, like, you know, being a part of the society, uh, you know, the discussion boards talking about their fandoms and right. all this has given her a sense of purpose. And then she can enjoy life and then contribute, you know, through her job and everything because she always has this cult following in society to go back to and feel like she's a part of something. Mm -hmm. So I think if you look at it on that aspect, I could see how some people use these like the 501st or the ghost heads or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, that's how some people can interact with other people. I mean, we have friends. I won't name any names or anything, but we have friends who... Just only interact with us. Just to protect yeah. the innocent. And, but I mean, some people have that, that they, they, they find. They need that comfort exactly. zone. Exactly. They need that. Well, they, and some people don't understand that other people know what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because then themselves, they think, well, you don't know what I'm going through. Right. But, you know, if you're a huge fan of Star Wars and you love. <clears throat> you love Ewoks and this other person is very socially awkward and on a message board or at a con, you're they have meetups and people, mm-hmm. Oh, you love, you understand. And mm-hmm. I just, I think that's great. That's, I think the, in that instance, that's pretty cool. I that's like that. in you. When you, when we went to celebration and I sat down for two hours to wait for Timothy's on, mm-hmm. The people around me, I, I talked with for two hours. It yeah. didn't even feel like two hours because uh-uh. we were all talking about Star Wars. You I mean, can go up to strangers and talk. When about we're in line for Last Jedi, we got there what one one p.m. Yeah, when the con's still going, and mm-hmm. we ordered pizza with yeah. everyone around. Everyone we're around like, us. hey, we're hungry. They um, deliver. They to, delivered the, right to right us right to you at the, the con. Wow, yeah, we right made we made a lifetime friend yeah. with Eric Young. Yeah, Eric. Yeah, if you're listening, yeah. man. We gotta yeah. get you on, dude. Uh, but on, through that, and uh, he was disappointed we didn't go to the yeah, celebration. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm disappointed. <laughs> but I but, mean, it's like that. I mean, those type of things bring people together. Build in a way, relationships. Exactly. Yeah. Bring people together that don't necessarily have that in their lives. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is there a, a movie that you would give anything to be a small character in? Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. So Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, and, and let's, let's did I say Star Wars is style? No, 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 is there listen. another one? Um, oh, because uh, I have Star Wars too. <laughs> oh, okay, Star I'm sorry. Empire, like Sh- Empire Strikes Back. So I would be Star Wars go. episode four, five, six era, and I would be a stormtrooper. And see if you get get the re- reference on this. I would be stormtrooper TK zero zero seven seven. The year you were bo- no that no, the year you no, were born it wasn't you were born s- oh, I'll keep it TK zero zero seven seven zero zero I have no idea man yeah, TK for tragedy kings zero zero seven seven seventy seven was my football number 
Oh, oh okay. okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, can get I, did I, I dig that. You might I dig la- it. You might laugh, but <clears throat> I would like to be on Power Rangers. Oh, okay. oh no, I wouldn't mind laugh at that. I, I grew up with Power Rangers. You know, that was my like. What go, color? Go, Wooten. <laughs> it's morphin' time. What color? <laughs> green. You would be have to be green. Green. I'd green be the Ranger. white. The white. I just Power that Ranger. that is one show that you know they like Matt has. I don't know if you have said in past podcasts where you don't meet your heroes. Yeah, because yeah. you know, Lou Ferrigno was very disappointing. Oh, I, I've had a I had a therapy session one yeah. day about. Oh, the pot, we, they he's had, had to stop it, us. Him and Brian <laughs> had a rant on Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, one and day. I, I met mine, Jason David Frank, and the dude is just amazing. And it was one of those like moments for me. <laughs> moments for me. So I mean. Yeah, I would have to say Power Rangers if we're not talking Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is the obvious. If I was going to pick Star Wars, I would be a droid or a Jawa. Mm-hmm. I'd want to be a bounty hunter. Or a bounty hunter. Uh, or a Jedi. Or, or a Jedi. Really, I would be anyone in <laughs> Star Wars. But uh, another movie, I would love to be in Ready Player One. Oh, yeah. I would be, I will be anybody. If oh. I'm just in the Oasis, I would be just the happiest just, just person. Just to be in somebody the in the final battle scene, like a speck on the map, yeah. I, would, I would do that in a heartbeat. I still go back and try to catch new characters every now. I'll like pause and be like, do you see anybody in there? That, I'd like to be guy who walks by Parzival. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or stands behind stands, Parzival, uh, yeah. or looks at Parzival. <clears throat> I need them to. I need them to adapt his second book to a movie, he, like yesterday. He needs to finish yeah, the book. Man. I'm ready to he read it. He needs to finish the book. Yeah, all I hear is rumors. Well, you know, there he's been really busy because they're developing the Armada Mata, movie. Yeah, Universal Have you read Bob. that? That's what I was talking about. Was Armada? That oh, was Armada. Fa- yeah, that's read, a separate story. Read yeah. by. Um, Will Wheaton, which it, Will Wheaton. I, mean, I, I want what he reads. I, I was just fixing to say that I need Will Wheaton to just do art books on tape. I just need him to do that for the rest of his life. Yeah. I will buy all of them, all yeah. of them. Yeah, I, I can't I wait for Armada. I love that book. Yeah, dude, it was so good. Book. It was so good. The Amazing story was ending. fantastic. The way the way he um, adapts pop culture reference, like all mm-hmm. the stuff we reference, mm-hmm. all the the quotes, the movie quotes, and the little tidbits of old movies that we all grew up on yeah. and he intertwines it into the the stories and everything. I just, yeah. It's just fantastic. Uh, do you think there's a certain type of movie or show that small characters are needed more it, than others? The epic journey. The that, epic that's, hero journey. The, that's what Lord I put. The adventure. Rings. The large adventure. Uh, so, that, so that the main hero characters or whatever, your main characters have people to interact with that come in and they're just there for a momentary interaction, and then there you move on to the next momentary yeah. interaction. Like yeah. I tell you, a movie that uh, small characters are perfect in is Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, yeah, all yeah. the Ravagers. Yeah. Like, look how many different Ravagers you have, and they each one plays Absolutely. a certain part, especially in Volume Two. Taser yeah. face. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I think those, yeah. I, I think those big fandom movies, like when they're little small movies, I, I think like unless they're. Uh, like uh, war epics, like yeah. it, it would have to be a big budget movie. I think. Yeah, that's where I went with it was large budget adv- yeah. adventure journey type Action. movies. Action. Lord movies. of the Rings comes to my mind. Every yeah, time I think about it. Yeah. Uh, what about books or games? Do you think they're important in books and games too? Like when you're reading or if you're playing a game, uh, like Yoshi was a small character that yeah. you know is a 
cult icon now, yeah. uh, and now has his own like I think two games now. Uh, but you know when he came out in Super Mario Three, or was it Super, Super Mario World? Super Mario World. Uh, like he was just you know unless you got him you didn't see him, mm-hmm. and so but after that he was one of the most popular Mario characters ever. So I mean I don't know that uh, I can't think of any any game that I play. I mean you what know, are the things the Chickaboos or the Chockaboos Chockaboos. Um, I mean there when you play Final Fantasy the Chockaboo at least especially Final Fantasy seven the Chockaboos were really important. And you could not get um, the final summon uh, that's necessary to defeat the main enemy yeah. uh, until you you had to. I had to go through and breed, and I I bred Chocoboos for hours. You have to you have to literally breed them, and then you keep breeding until you get a certain color Chocoboo, and then you breed until you get another different yeah. color. Then you have to breed those two, and you have to keep breeding them until you get another color. But you, but before you breed them, you have to race them and build up their strength. And endurance, then you breed them, and so if you if it fails, then you have to go back to square one, race, build them up, breed. Did I get it? No, and then you go back to square one, and you have to keep doing this all until you finally get a gold, yeah, Chocoboo. and then the gold Chocoboo takes you all over the world map, and it takes you to this one hidden spot in the world that <laughs> that's the only way you can get there is riding a gold Chocoboo. Oh and it, you go into the go into this mountain, you you fight a few enemies, you get the final summon, then you can come back to the main world and fight the main enemy. And Final Fantasy was not one of the games I played. I pl- God. I, probably, I would I could say play thousands. I've played it for thousands of hours. God, especially seven. Seven. I. Ooh, gosh. I heard they're remastering seven for a new for the. They new are. Consoles. They are. Um. Uh. Are, are there any characters you want to see on the screen? I need. Uncharted. I need Link. Any of the Uncharted? Any of the Uncharted? Just, I need Link. Link. Uh, uh, Zelda. Legend yeah. of Zelda. I, I always think about that. I always think about I'd like to see Link, but I'd rather see it as a TV show than a movie. I don't know. I, could think, I think they could do a really good movie with it. I just think there's too many dang TV shows right now. I just I mean, can't keep up. They, they did a really... I, th- I thought, Purse, this is going to be... I'll backtrack and say my opinion because a lot of people bash these movies, but I thought they did a great job with Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. I thought, I the, I thought those... Yeah, were, I, thought those um, I like the new one. And, the new one was good. And this one really gets bashed is uh, Assassin's Creed. I like that movie. I love the a, games yeah, so and the, the games movie. Were fun. I don't the movie was okay. I thought the ga- I thought the movie was pretty good. I like. I'm it. obsessed with the games. Yeah, the games are fun. I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> like that, I heard the next one they're gonna go through the Viking era. Oh, uh, that yeah. ought to be the good. last one was during the Greece. And, yeah. Uh, you know the origins. Like, yeah. Hey, man down, man down. We have uh, an iPad down. The, you know, like during the like Trojan era. I don't. I don't know with that era is but like right. the spartans like the spartans <laughs> like it takes place right after this the 300 is sparta yeah well it takes place right after that like that battle the battle of thermopylae yeah it? yeah yeah like and then the story takes place so this next one is like the vikings so i guess okay. you know like the viking gods and all that would be i think um i want to see an up-to-date mario movie but they face wario okay uh instead of King Koopa, Koopa, man. Unless they did King Koopa the real way instead of how they did it in the uh, old 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to see Wario. I think that would be good. Since they're bringing Sonic and uh, 
was Sonic's okay. bad guy, whoever that. Okay, Doctor uh, Robot. So let's, so let's talk about Sonic and the fact that uh, Butt Hurt America saw his his human teeth, yeah. and complained to the fact that he should have more animalistic teeth. So they went back, they released the first trailer. It had human teeth. Now they're going oh back God. and have to redo the whole Dagum movie with animal. They hate teeth. his legs too. Yeah. They hate know, his whole body. Yeah, they hate his whole look. I, I mean, want to reference what we looked at with Game of Th- the Game of Thrones writers. Yes, I that's think where that I was leading be the towards. Answer to everything, right? I just wish I could say it on the show. Well, we can we can tone it down a little bit, and the the gist of it is, if you're smart enough to go write a box office hit movie or television show. Go do it. Yeah, go do if it. you don't like what they're producing, turn it off and don't watch it. Don't yeah. go see the movie. That's how this. That's how a capitalist society works. You don't like it. Don't give your money towards it and right. don't consume it. And Unless you're do an it idiot. Yourself. Don't don't like, act butt, butt hurt and demand that somebody do it your way because that's not the way this did, works. Did you yeah. hear what a, a bunch of people did for Solo? Because they hated Last Jedi so much. I've heard so many stories come out of this. One guy goes and he buys he buys out a theater so nobody could go see it. Oh my god! But he still bought. But he bought all the tickets. He had to pay for every. So he helped their ticket sales because all those people were gonna go Go see see it it. anyway. Yeah. So he literally just increased their ticket sales by doing that. He's an idiot. Yeah. That guy's a moron. He's like, I just bought out an entire theater. Yeah, yeah, congratulations okay. on being an idiot. You're you're an idiot. You just help pay for it. Can I mm-hmm. go in and use one of your tickets, yeah. moron? I mean, it was. Whatever. Oh my god! Come so we got on. some announcements. Yeah. So uh, we're uh, we uh, always as we do now. We want to give a big shout out to Judd Basil, Starbase fifteen fifty two comics. Yes. Um, if you're in the market for comics, you love to buy and sell trade comics. You need to get some graded. Um, if you're looking for uh, any kind of toys, Funkos, they got a huge uh, Funko section selection right now. Um, it is an awesome store in Franklin, Tennessee. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, please go check that store out. Yes. And, uh, I think he also does online stuff too. Yes, he does have starbase1552.com. <laughs> uh, um, you can go check them out online and uh, give them a shout. Let them know we sent you there and uh, – uh, tell Judd uh, hello for us and uh, support them. It's it's a really good store. We really appreciate them. Uh, he's got Guy Gilchrist coming up. That's right. Yeah, June 8th. That's right. Um, so not sure where you're listening to us today, but we are available on all the major podcast outlets, Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. We are now on iHeartRadio, and we will be announcing some more uh, outlets coming soon. Um, if it's easier for you, uh, you can uh, listen to our show at theeclecticcollective.com. That's our website, and it's the full archive of all of our shows that we've done so far. Um, and uh, by the time you hear this show, we will probably be about two weeks out from the Columbia Comic Book and Toy Expo. Can't wait. Happening June 8th, and we want to see every one of you out there. We want to meet you, um, and there's going to be opportunities for you to be a part of our show. Um, you just come out and uh, check out our booth and flag us down, and we will uh, get with you and let you know how you can uh, how you can do that and be a part of the show. Um, you're going to hear us talk a lot about the ICCC, the uh, Imperial Commissionary Collectors Convention, um, happening in September. Uh, it's on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. Uh, we will be there all three days. Um, we still are not set on which day we're going to go live, but we will uh, let you know as soon as we know what day we're going to go live. 
um, and what day to look for us so you can be a part of the show. Um, also, uh, coming up soon, we're still working on uh, fine-tuning some of the uh, settings and um, getting some equipment in place, but you're going to be seeing some video pop up. We're going to be doing some Facebook Lives um, and uh, of, the, of the whole podcast. We're going to be doing um, some – we're going to be creating a YouTube channel, and we're going to create a patron channel um, where you can get extra content. Uh, content that you won't be able to consume on the everyday podcast and um, on Facebook live or YouTube. So be looking for that to come down your way. Um, And uh, again, we appreciate all of you. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for episode 33. Uh, We want to sincerely thank uh, Femi Taylor uh, for taking the time for sitting down and talking to us. We love you. We love you. Femi. Ola. Bring back. Ola. Bring back. Uh, It was truly an honor. Uh, to sit down with you and talk to you. We really appreciate you doing that for us. Um, And to everybody listening out there, if you like what you hear, please give us a rating on iTunes. Um, We would really greatly appreciate it. It helps get our show in front of a lot of new listeners. Um, And we definitely want to get this show growing. Um, And uh, we we are uh, booking a lot of live shows. Uh, We want to meet and greet all of you at the live shows, give you a chance to be a part of the show. Just come out and see us live and find out how you can do that. Um. If you uh, want to see when we're going to be live, you can follow us at our social media using the handle at Nerdly Eclectic. You'll find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and uh, we are, uh, it's almost here, our one-year anniversary. And uh, we've got a lot of big stuff planned this year. And uh, a lot more coming. Even I think we're going to be uh, booking some stuff for next year soon. Uh, and um, we're uh, definitely catching that convention bug where we're going to be doing a lot of live shows and going to a lot of cons and providing an avenue for um, some more interview, bringing some more interviews your way uh, and bringing some more eclectic conversations. So as we turn the page to our next chapter and continue to create tons of eclectic content and conversations, we hope you'll come along for the ride. Thank you all for listening to the eclectic collective. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then stay eclectic, everyone stay eclectic. Stay eclectic. Stay eclectic.